kind of a windy night. Sitting here in Mobile Podcast Command with the wind is not actually raging, but I ha- it's been a while since I've done a podcast at night. And we're going to talk about late spring, early summer travel planning and a little bit about plans in general in podcast 1086, 1086, the Bob Davis podcast. Let's talk a little bit about BU Enterprises. This is the company that uh, my friend Juliet is running, and she's on a mission to help people uh, get uh, back into their bodies get some breathing in, get some stretching in, regardless of your uh, physical fitness level. And I think it speaks to authenticity. You hear this word a lot these days, especially among younger people, this whole living uh, my best life in a certain term uh, sort of means living authentically what you're all about. But if you're caught up in the constant ebb and flow, push and pull, and the often, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, you know, often traumatic uh, ups and downs of life today, wherever you are. Certainly it's worse in some places than others. Uh, It's difficult to get back to sort of this sense of authenticity. To do that, well, we all know it. You got to breathe, you got to move, you got to do these things. And this is what BU Enterprises is all about. Whether you're a nomad, whether you're back in the, the world, whether you are working 14 hours a day, whatever, whether you got kids and you're taking care of them, BU Enterprises has an option for you either through virtual classes or actual pop up classes. To find out more, go to BU Enterprises, learn to move. They got vinyasa classes, they've got now tai chi classes as well as just standard stretching and breathing and things you can do in a chair or sitting down or in a tight space i did a session with juliet recently right here in mobile podcast command which is about uh an eight foot by five foot space so uh it it was pretty cool uh in terms of what it actually did after practicing yoga for years i sort of know that feeling that when you're breathing and you breathe and and you sort of begin to get that kind of perspective from a daily practice i was surprised at what it could do so check out bu enterprises at buenterprises.com that's b-e-y-o-u enterprises.com or click on their banner at the top of the page at the bobdavispodcasts.com as i mentioned before more than once i'm sure uh, there's a, a number of us who are weathering winter uh in the desert out here in southwestern the very southwestern corner of arizona number of us in various spots and we are different from some of the rv people who are or even the schoolie people who are going from place to place Uh, i decided at the beginning of um, last winter that i was going to reduce the level of travel and the velocity of travel largely because of the price of diesel i don't want to belabor that because i talk about that in every podcast it is starting to mitigate i i'm not going to go into the details we'll see what happens but so far so good but we're still not and and partially not at a point where uh i'm going to feel comfortable traveling although diesel is cheaper in other states than arizona but I'm sticking with the original decision to reduce the velocity of travel and really bring it down to zero. So we are sitting out here, 
And when we sit around the campfire, we talk about these kinds of things a lot. Aside from the things we talk about, like, you know, toilets and batteries and which rigs are better and why, it's like a master's class uh, when you sit with the right people in just how to uh, set things up. We have tent campers. We have people in RVs. We have people in things like ambulances. We have people in vans and uh, and cars actually we have a guy in a car who used to own a big old class a and he downsized to uh, his minivan so there's all kinds out here so you hear and you see uh, one of my friends here tom is amazing because you can he is so well organized he's just got uh, everything just so and he's also in a minivan and and that um that level of organization just really impresses me. So we we come from different walks of life. And we all kind of get together and talk about this. But planning is really interesting. It's kind of a vibe right now. Uh, and I don't know why, but people are sort of thinking about selling their trailers or, you know, my friend Mike has a bus and, and he and I will talk often because he's kind of right down the road here. So he wanders over uh, when we get a fire going and, and we'll talk about plans. And we were talking the other night and tonight about this and uh, i said you know we have to remember and reinforce that to a certain degree because both of us are super antsy we want to travel you know we want to we we've got all these we are starting to make plans and i'm going to talk about my plans for what i would say late spring early summer travel because i plan to sit here because you save so much money because we're not moving so we are both antsy to travel and I said, he goes, I don't know, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. And I said, you know, the thing is, it's easy for us to get down on ourselves because we're not going, we're not going. And you see people leaving and you know they're going somewhere. And you're like, damn it, I should, we should go down to Yuma or we should go up to Colorado or we should do this or we should do that. I'm not going to Colorado now, it's too cold. But anyway, you don't want to go to the higher ele- ele- elevations this time of the year unless you really enjoy winter camping because it's winter up there. Down here, it's kind of like an, a, an early spring day in uh, Michigan or Minnesota or just about every day. And as we get in to February, it'll start warming up and we'll be at 75 during the day and roughly 45 to 50 or 60 at night and that's very pleasant and it's pretty much been that way the cool thing about this little corner of arizona is winter is very short it's literally 40 days 30 to 40 days mid-december to maybe mid-february but and it looks like it's going to start warming up anyway i said you know not doing anything is doing something we have a plan and our plan is to stay here husband our resources and wait and so we are working a plan we are doing something we're actually executing a, a very difficult plan which is to sit still and wait wait for a money to compile and b to wait for the possibility that uh, we'll see uh, some kind of a capitulation in the markets and that would uh, hopefully uh, if you see a, a real drop off in demand which we are beginning to see that's going to impact fuel prices uh, regardless of whatever the refining situation is we'll talk about that in future podcasts i don't want to get into that now so it's it is interesting that we're all sort of thinking along the same lines in different ways you know you'll hear snippets of conversation people saying well i'm not coming back here next winter because 
uh, of this, or I don't, I'm not going to do, I, one of our guys is doing the a volunteer camp host thing twice a week in the, in the little pavilion over here by the, uh, you know, front door, which kind of has, it's, it's Bureau of Land Management. It looks like a little bit like a military installation with these little pavilions right up close to the road. Although I wouldn't even begin to suggest that it's a military installation. Although what's funny is they're building uh, behind me. You can't hear it because it's nighttime. But be behind us, about 400 yards, there's a black fence. And behind the black fence, they are building uh, a... Uh, a water treatment facility, a cistern, and then they're going to put in water tanks and, uh, uh, you know, water refill and also uh, RV um, black water and gray water dump facilities. Because on the other side of the road is where those facilities are now. And they're they're very old. As Aside from the fact that they're old, if you go over there, there's so much traffic over there right now that... Uh, there may be at, at at the peak of the day around 10 a.m. till about one. There may be 15, 20 very large uh, RVs on the on the road, waiting to get in to dump and to refill their water. So uh, that's a whole different. I could actually do a whole podcast about the efficacy of certain kinds of RVs. Do you want to sit in line once a week? for over an hour to dump your tanks. Do you want to have all these systems that break down things of that nature? I mean, uh, uh, you know, when you when you look at YouTube, there's a lot of information about these places that people can go and, you know, different things you're supposed to do or not supposed to do and what it's like to own one of these big RVs. The longer I sit out here in a small vehicle, I mean, it's not a car. I mean, this is not a... The mobile podcast, man, is not a small vehicle. But... It is small enough that uh, it's like a little sports car compared to some of these amazing $500,000 RVs that people are driving around. And with the RV show down here, there's, there's, I mean, surprisingly, you are seeing the new ones pull out, although not that many. I'm not going to go to the RV show. Um, part of it is I still think they're overpriced. I know that, that people come here to Quartzsite for the big RV show because of the tent filled with vendors with all kinds of services. And I think that's the main draw. It's like a convention. And you go in and, and you take your little tote bag and you and you get literature on just about everything. And you can talk to people who are experts. Well, how does this thing work? And how does that thing work? And how do I get solar? And things of that nature. So that's pretty cool. Um uh, I didn't do that because every time I go, I get so nervous because I just want to buy everything in sight. So I didn't go to that either. Now, we're sitting out here uh, sullenly uh, bitching about our desire to stay at put and at the same time congratulating ourselves about working a plan, literally. And it doesn't matter what your plan is. If your plan is to, uh, you know, uh, travel or go or uh, go from a lot of times people down here will come and they'll go over to California and they'll come back and they'll go over down to Yuma and they'll come back or they'll go over to Mexico and they'll come back so they're they're sort of transiting uh, these uh, you know different campgrounds at different times and uh, they will do so until yeah I want to say maybe the end of February or uh, early March 
uh, you have to be uh, one of the mainstays to stick around here until June because it's pretty hot. I like it hot, so I don't have to. I, what I really like about it being hot is on a beautiful full moon night in late March or early April in Minnesota, where I'm from, or Chicago, where I grew up, you know, you're pleased and happy because the snow is melting. I often remember the smell of the the wind would shift in on the south side uh, in uh, early April, and you'd get that first thaw where there, you would hear the dripping water and the snow would start to melt. And you know, if you live up there, you know what it looks like when the, the big melt starts to happen. And it would be foggy, and the air would smell like sulfur because the uh, the great uh, U.S. Steelworks at, at Gary, the air would shift, and that that uh, that pollution <laughs> would come over the south side of uh, Chicago and suburbs. And I thought that's what spring smelled like when I was growing up. So when I worked in Pittsburgh, I, I smelled that smell again. I was, oh, the smell of spring! So the the winter the wintry mix so to speak the winter is not over in the northern tier in march in fact that's the snowiest time of the year in minnesota supposedly january and march so winter's not over up there until late may i don't my plan is to go up into wisconsin we're going to talk about that in the second half of the podcast and some other places in the northern tier and i'm not leaving here until late may or early june if that uh for me to start heading north because i want this whole thing to be over with and i certainly don't want to traverse uh the rocky mountains in colorado or wyoming or wherever which way that i decide to go uh too early because you can also get really bad storms uh in april and may and i've learned the hard way the thing to do is just simply to avoid. Just avoid it. You don't want to deal with it. It's better that you don't have to deal with it. Because even in late May, heading north, in certain places, there will still be snow on the ground. So I'm going to get the maps out in a minute here. I'm going to, I'm going to open the main door and uh, go out. And you can hear the wind a little bit. And, and I'm going to go come back. I have to go up front because I got the uh, cockpit closed up. I'm going to go up front and pull my maps and come back in. And we will go over the maps. One of my favorite things to do and, and, and kick around some ideas for summer and late early summer, late spring travel in uh, 2023. Quickly, uh, really appreciate the donations to the Bob Davis podcast. There's a couple ways to support what I'm doing if you want to. One, of course, is to make a donation. Another way is to make a continuous donation. So every month, it's like a subscription. You can put five bucks in or whatever you want. Uh, you go to the donate window at thebobdavispodcast.com. Click on it. It'll take you to PayPal. You can set up a donation that's uh, you know reoccurring donation or just a single donation. Thank you, Dave Forbes, for $200, which is amazing. And many, many other people who have donated uh, this part of this year, this first few weeks of January, as well as all through uh, 2022. It is keeping me rolling, and I really appreciate it. You know, another way to support the Bob Davis Podcast is to advertise. And uh, you can just uh, send me an email in the contact form at thebobdavispodcast.com or at thebobdavispodcasts uh, at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we can get together and talk about sponsorships. So those are the ways that you can support the Bob Davis Podcast. All right, you got the maps. Let me 
begin to one of my favorite things looking at these maps because uh, you know I have some benchmark maps I have this old Rand McNally atlas I'm looking for here that is I think this is like 2019 or something or 2018 and uh, when I first got them, you know, the pages felt smooth and sort of slippery. Now they are weather beaten, and then all of these pages of all these maps have a little bit of sand in them from being in the desert for so long. So they're, they're kind of gritty. And as I turn these pages, uh, I'm just seeing all these different states. And, 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 and at, at the front of the Ram McNally Atlas, of course, is a, is a map of the whole United States. The benchmarks also have the map of the whole. In fact, their, their map of the United States is actually better than the Ram McNally Atlas. They're harder to use because you, you really have to know what um, box you're in in any particular state. To, and you kind of have to do some planning so you know which, which pages to turn to. Uh, to keep following what road you're on. And it's difficult because I don't go on freeways. Uh, I don't go on the interstate. I go back roads only. So uh, what I'd be looking for on my way to Wisconsin this summer, as I kind of page through here, you know, my Arizona map is so dog-eared, it's literally torn in half and in two pieces. It's a two-page map anyway, and it's literally in four pieces here. <laughs> It's kind of funny. So is California. Like I only have, I only have Western California, uh, or no, south, south the Southland basically. No, I, yeah, I guess when I turn it over, it's got the northern part of the state on the other side. So, but I mean, it's they are shadows of their former selves because I've used both of them so much that you pull over to get coffee and you whip this thing out and the pages get ripped and uh, you shove things down in the in the uh, the atlas because I've got them right next to the driver's seat in the in the the truck. But as I look through these maps, I just love them. I just love maps. I don't use Google. Talked about that unless I absolutely have to. If I'm going to the Red Wings store in you know I don't know Pueblo, Colorado, uh, I'll I'll use Google so I don't. Uh, drive around looking for it you can't use a map in traffic anyway so these are really just for once we get out of the metropolitan areas we get on a two-lane road we have these maps uh and i've my experience has been that as long as you know what you're doing and you know where you're going you can actually save fuel because you're going on these um you know the the remains of the old national highway system like for example route 66 which we don't use anymore but uh, route 50 or, or US 30, you know, those, not route, but US 50 or US 30 or something like that. Uh, same with the, the Texas state highways as well. If it's a big state, they usually have pretty extensive farm uh, feeder highways, which are, you know, four lanes or two lanes. And you can angle up to get to where you're going. And if you're going to go to a national park like the Great Sand Dunes Park in Colorado, which I missed last summer, and I fully intend to go there this summer. Uh, you, you really have to go on a, you know, two-lane highway to get there. So I only go two-lane highways, and uh, so for that, you 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 have to have a map because if you don't, you're just going to get lost, like really lost. 
So you have to have good maps that show all the two lanes, the U.S. highways, the state highways, the county roads, the feeder roads. Those are the highways that you use to angle over. So my plan is I'm going to go up through uh, northeastern Arizona and I'll cut into Colorado, probably go to Great Sand Dunes, and then rather than go up to Fort Collins or someplace like that, uh, I'll just continue through the San Juans, which are stunning, especially in the spring. And remember, you're going higher and higher and higher through here. So you're going to get to 10,000 feet at some point. Uh, come across south of De way south of Denver into western Colorado and just keep angling up into, uh, I guess it would be either uh, Kansas or Nebraska. And keep heading up uh, and over to go east through um, eastern Nebraska east of the Platte, and then come up into Iowa all the way over to probably somewhere around Owatonna, and then and then cut up uh, and pick up at some point, uh, I think it's US 35 or Wisconsin 35. I'm pretty sure it's a US highway. And that takes you right up into Wisconsin where I'm going to go. So from there... Uh, the I'm, I, I want to make this trip as efficiently as possible, which is why I'm going through these maps so extensively. And what you do is, this is what I do. You just look at the maps. We're not making any notes. We're just we're just looking because you have to just we're getting oriented. Uh, and then I'll make some decisions about where I want to go, and I want to get a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more specific about where I'm passing through to make sure that there are campgrounds, usually U.S. Forest Service campgrounds. I don't search for BLM that much. Uh, there's some BLM in Colorado. Most of the BLM is in Nevada and Arizona. Um, and I guess a little bit, you know, pretty much Western California. And by the way, I have a bunch of these maps, also these folding maps, which I've left in the front because I'm not bringing them in here tonight. But uh, the idea is to just familiarize yourself with the landscape first and figure out, okay, well, can I angle over? Because I always underestimate the number of miles. So once I get to Wisconsin, I want to try to make that a fairly short trip. I don't want to be on the road a long time. Get to Wisconsin, and then I'm going to hang for about a month, maybe more. And uh, then I have to go over to New Hampshire to see one of my best friends in New Hampshire, in Manchester. And then I'm going over to Maine because my nephew's getting married. So I have to go to the wedding in Maine. And that, I think, is September. So that pretty much does it for being in the north. So then what, right? And I, and I haven't even had a chance to go through these maps to go, okay, well, I'm going to... So essentially the end point for phase one of summer travel is going to be the east coast, and it's going to be Maine. So I have to get from Maine back to Arizona. So then there's a whole thing about, well, how am I going to do that? And how am I going to do that on back roads? And, and what's, how do I do it by... It's almost like a road rally. How do I do that while consuming as little fuel as I possibly can? And this is the other plus about back roads. You know, you're not going 80 miles an hour. You're not, I mean, yeah, out west you are uh, on, on U.S. highways, yeah. But 
when you're traveling through Ohio or Pennsylvania or you know Michigan, uh, even in New York State, which is largely people don't realize New York State is largely rural. You know, the the when you get into the northern half of New York, the western part of New York, it's you know surprisingly uh, uh, desolate in terms of population. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool small towns and lots of resort towns and stuff. I love it. And especially if you're coming along the shores of Lake Ontario. And then you kind of work your way into New Hampshire and then you have to go south to get to Manchester. And then you come across to Maine. So uh, once I get to Maine, now what? We have to figure out how to get back to Arizona. So do I just sort of make a big triangle and just cut back over and down? I don't know. Um, September's such a great month. Um, I kind of want to I kind of want to definitely get through the Blue Ridge Mountains and maybe Virginia and back across uh, Tennessee and Arkansas in uh, the the kind of uh, fall loam. It's still warm. And then work my way down to the Texas Gulf Coast because that's hurricane season and it's hot and humid and I love it. And then work my way across Texas to New Mexico, bum around in New Mexico a little bit, and I should roll back into southwestern uh, Arizona somewhere around um, early October if everything works out right. So this is a quite an extensive plan given uh, the price of fuel and everything else. But again... I've been, you know, we've been saving up our resources. I mean, Mike, my friend's probably going back to Michigan. Uh, I don't know. My friend Robert's going back to Maryland. Um, I don't know where. I know that uh, Sandy and Pam will be going back to uh, Michigan. And I know Darcy will be going back to Ohio. And we have friends that, uh, I guess we have a friend, Kim. She's going back to Minnesota. So people are, you know, heading back. And then what's really fun is if you get back early, you get in and you, you ensconce yourself and then you say, well, I'm over here and you guys should come over. And There's always big reunions and that's kind of fun. But I think the other cool thing, now that I'm aware, I'm much more aware of, okay, campgrounds, places to go. So I'm not as, before when I was gallivanting all over the country, there was a tendency to end up in Cracker Barrel parking lots, which aren't so bad, you know, Walmarts, truck stops, and that gets really hard because you really feel like, you know... Come back because you're going. Whereas if you can hit national parks and stuff, it's way better. So, or you know, uh, f you know, U.S. forest parks are much better, or even BLM along the way. So again, it requires a little bit more extensive planning to to do that. And I don't know how the hell I'm going to get back down here, and, or which way I'm going to go. Because part of it is I don't know if I want to go back down through Ohio and. Uh, West Virginia and stuff because I've done that so many times both when I was a kid and uh, and and just in the past you know uh, since 2014 so I don't don't know if I want to do that I may just want to come back and cut straight across and come down through California and then come come at it from the west rather than screwing around with Texas and stuff it's just I've made a pledge that at some point I was gonna go down to the Gulf in hurricane season, just because I love that sort of tension, that that sort of meteorological tension that exists. 
uh, around that time of the year at, in that part of the country. And then I'll be back. And then, and we've been talking about this too, at some point there's going to have to be a discussion uh, about a new rig. And I'm not sure... Um, we're good you know i've had this this truck checked out it's there's a couple things that need to be done it's not that big of a deal um i'm certainly considering putting a full boat of solar in i just don't know if i want to spend the money on this vehicle to do that there's some other things i want to do but now i have to think about well you know what uh, what would i want where could i get it and if prices are dropping for rigs well okay and then we then we get into well what kind do you want and what's it do i get a school bus and i've been watching a lot of um boat tours on youtube because i i don't think i can watch the rv stuff <laughs> i just can't it makes me nervous uh so i've been watching a lot of boat tours and you get a lot of really good ideas from uh from engineering on um various kinds of boats some of these are big yachts and some of them aren't it's just interesting to see what they've done and how they've done what they've done and and it's you know they're usually manufacturers they're not individual uh re rebuilds so there's that and i don't know i mean there's a lot of questions about mechanical stuff there's a lot of questions how big do you want to go and you're not gonna be able to get it into some of the campgrounds you like to go to if it's too big all these different uh, ifs ands or buts which are so much fun to think about when you're just sitting and again thanks again to everybody because sitting around and talking about this stuff we don't argue you know we we have our little political arguments and stuff but that doesn't mean anything we you're exchanging so much information that we have all learned i finally finally figured out batteries and how they work and i mean it, it you know it took me at least a year to just kind of figure out the whole battery thing and what certain batteries do and what certain batteries don't do and why they don't uh, and how certain arrangements work and why you have this kind of an inverter or, or not. I mean, it gets really complicated. You can't just go out and go, bang, I want that, because it might not work right for you, depending on what you're going to do. So there's a whole bunch of stuff like that 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 I have to think about. So that's come. we'll talk about that in future podcasts. All right. Thanks for listening to Podcast 1085. Uh, again, uh, thanks for your donations and contributions to the Bob Davis Podcast. Everybody, clients and people who donate, and also people who listen and subscribe to the Bob Davis Podcast on iTunes. That's probably the best thing you can do. Word to the wise, we are updating the website a little bit and hopefully making it a lot faster, which means the feeds will be delivered faster, hopefully. And that will help. I'll give you more information about that as well. Thanks for listening to Podcast 1086. The Bob Davis Podcast, making plans for late spring, early summer travel. <sighs>